Hello everyone and welcome along to Northumberland FA podcast from the sidelines. Um, today we're going to discuss positive coaching. Um, special guests with me today, uh, Jack Gray from Sunland Foundation, uh, Sunland PDC and Cramlin United, uh, first team coach and Joey Harries, uh, Sunland Foundation and Sunland Academy. Thanks for joining us today lads, um, great to have you. Yeah, all right Gary. Yeah, um, Jack, if you can just start off and just explain to everyone your current roles at present and what they entail. Yeah, no problem. So uh, I'm full-time at the Foundation Alight, which uh, and my job role is to oversee the player development programme. Uh, so that's a programme that runs across Sunderland, South Tyneside and Durham, which is like an invite-only uh, training session for, for talented players within that region. Uh, I'm also the foundation phase lead coach at the Sunderland RTC, which stands for Regional Talent Centre. Uh, that's the equivalent of the of Sunderland's academy, but on the girls' side of the game. And then I, in my little spare time, coach Cromlett United as well, uh, the men's team there. And how is it going with the with the with the girls and with the uh, player development centre on the on the boys' side? Uh, it's good, yeah. So the, the girls' programme set up exactly the same as the academy. So those the positives is we get quite a lot of contact time with them. Uh, so the, the foundation phase girls, the under-11s and 12s, they train twice a week for two hours. Um, they get some strength and conditioning work. They get some futsal. And then they, they play in a boys' league on a Saturday. So they get that real challenge of playing against some, some high-quality boys' players in the region as well, which is good. Um, it's going well. It's it's tough for them. It's challenging. We, we demand a lot of them, but they are pathway players. They are performance players. So I suppose that's our job to keep keep helping that and and challenging them within that. But it's it's been a good season so far. Fantastic and uh, going well at Cromlinton United. Yeah, 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 we've had a good start of the season. We're um, we're top of the league in two semi finals and. Um, Playing some good football, we've we've had a lot of good results. We've had some challenging games as well, but we've we've managed to beat a couple of teams in the league above. So the the momentum before Christmas was really was really positive and really strong. Um, we've got a really good group of players there, some some really good young players, some really good experienced players, um, and I think 95, 96% of the team are are local Cramlinton lads as well. So it's uh, it's a really good place to be. Fantastic, good stuff. Uh, Joey, if you can just uh, explain to everyone your current roles at present and what they entail. Yeah, no worries. Well, like Jack, I'm looking to be full-time at the Foundation of Light. Uh, slightly different job job role. So my hours are predominantly going into primary schools and delivering the PE side and the, the extra curriculum stuff after school, um, as well as Jack being my boss on some evenings. <laughs> so I get a coach in the Player Development Centre's. Uh, on a Monday and a Wednesday. Um, as well as that, get I'm lucky to coach within the academy setup, um, with predominantly with the under twelves, but I do get a chance to like flicker along the foundation phase and sometimes higher up with the sixteens, fifteens, which I've done a few times. Um, and when I can, so I'm still involved with the adult setup at Cram United. Uh, when when time allows, that is, I, I try and turn up on a Saturday, get involved with the lads, try and turn up with a few training sessions, just to just keep involved, see the lads, and, and continue coaching um, that that older age group, which 
is that experience which I like. Great stuff. Good, good. And um, how's it going at the academy at present? It's good. It's challenging. Uh, it's 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 fairly new. So I started in August, um, and, and since then I've just I've absolutely loved the experience. Um, the it's a it's an elite environment working with very good players and very good coaches. So it's it's challenging for myself, uh, but it's one I love and I, I keep relishing. So yeah, I'm loving it. And I imagine that'll be developing you as a coach as well, Joey, is it? Absolutely. So the the lads are in five times a week, so the twelves. So we train four times. So that's just lots of contact time on the pitch as me as a coach, but the players as well learning. So it, it allows me to make lots of mistakes so I can learn from them. And it also allows me to make lots of positive things, which I think ah, I love that there. I'm right to be in this environment. I like this. So I fantastic good stuff um i mean you two lads um both really passionate coaches passionate about what what you do um how does this help you develop as coaches to what you are at the moment do you think go on uh, jack i think the the big thing i can i can speak for myself and i'm sure joey will agree on on some points is I think probably the biggest thing for us is like we're, we're really curious. Um, we we ask a lot of questions, so when we get the chance to speak to other coaches or watch other coaches, we're we're in the ear non-stop, and that sort of helps us develop. And we're not afraid to to be wrong when asking questions and and giving opinions. So I think that's a quite a big thing that that myself and Joey do quite well, um, especially at work. So at the foundation, we've got a lot of really experienced coaches, a lot of coaches who have done so much within the, the game, um, people like Jamie Wright and Wayne Walls and Michael Havelock. So uh, I'm sure they're sick of us constantly asking questions and, and just chewing their ears off, really. And I suppose the second thing is, the most important thing is like we're, we're always out actually just coaching. So yeah. I think sometimes as coaches, we can we can talk a really good game and we can sit around having a coffee and discuss it. But how much actual time do we spend just on the grass, just learning the trade and, and coaching as much as possible? And I think because we have such a, a big passion for it, because we love being out there with the players, that 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 really helps. So I, I imagine the the contact hours we've had with players over the last sort of, I think I've been coaching for eight years now, would be ridiculously high. And that's probably helped us develop into what we are at the moment. Um, still a lot of learning to do, however. Go on, Joey. Uh, just to mirror that as well, I think it comes as well just from a passion of the game. Mm. Now, obviously, I played it since I was about four year old. Wasn't good enough when I turned about 17, 18. So that's where I got into coaching. So that the passion is the game of football. Now, for me, it's how can I now help the players I work with through my passion? How can I make their experience through the game positive one and how can they keep loving it now the passion is there <laughs> we're, we're lucky to work with some unbelievable coaches jack's just named a few there and there's a few at the academy there's even there's some excellent coaches at cram united as well which we're we're like to ear pick and we're like to get in the year a bit um as well as the, the stuff you put on gary it's it's good so that the passion's there i think for myself learning and how it helps my development is through the mistakes i've made yeah. So there's been so many mistakes I've made over the six years or seven years I've coached. 
it's it's how I don't dwell on that. It's how I can learn and reflect on them. To, to just make me better for the players I work with, but for the coaches also I work with as well. Yeah, that's a great point, Drew. That one about being being in uh, challenge yourself to come out of that comfort zone. Because as coaches, we can get in that comfort zone, can't we, and deliver what we feel comfortable with. But I think our development and learning only develops through being challenged and coming out of that comfort zone. And in a bit like what you said when we did the the webinar, Jack, back. Uh, Back last year, you know, when we we're in lockdown, that was something totally out of your comfort zone, but something that you would have learned from and probably became more comfortable with doing doing other stuff like that. And that'll be the same in coaching. Yeah, absolutely. I think we always we always stress the players around leaving their comfort zone and challenging themselves and trying things. And it should be exactly the same for us as coaches, no matter who you're working with, what level you're at. What the what the contact time is you get like let's really stretch ourselves as coaches to to be the best we can be for the players really. With with that, I know Jack's exactly the same. Coming out of the comfort zone, like we've both coached different age groups along the whole spectrum. So we've coached three year olds at the foundation all the way up to adults. We've coached boys, we've coached girls, we've had chances to coach disability participants through the foundation. So it's not as such we've just turned up, got our licenses and just coached. Yeah. It's we've we've given ourselves as much experience in different environments as possible. Yeah. And and that helps massively. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with you there, Julia. I think that cross spectrum of, of different challenges with different age groups and seeing what works best with with, with certain age groups, uh, ability levels, uh, is all part and parcel of our development as coaches, isn't it? Um, good stuff. So getting getting into this topic of positivity, um, positivity as a coach and sending out the correct messages to the players during training match days. Uh, Jack, can you explain how you create that positive learning to your players at the different ability levels you coach at? Uh, yeah, so I think when I, was, when I was thinking about this earlier on, I think a couple of key things I would sort of think about or reflect on would be if we want if we want to have positive players first of all we have to be positive coaches so I know we're all really passionate about football and especially as sports people and people involved within the game we're all really passionate about being successful and winning um, but if we if we want positive players and to be positive within coaching, we have to be positive as coaches, and that comes from like our body language, our, our tone of voice, the way we sort of express ourselves to the players. Um, I think that's that's the starting point for me. And then the second thing would just be around like your, your key messages to players have to be simple and consistent, because if we if we're delivering messages to players that are really confusing or complex, we're only going to confuse them. And then when we know when young people get confused or that's when the emotions can start to come out and that's where you might just lose the players for a second. So to be positive, I would say simple key messages, but think about how your behaviours sort of go on to the players, if you like. So if I'm being really positive and I'm I'm enthusiastic and I'm, I'm buzzing about the players, like you're going to get that in return from them. Whereas if I'm negative or aggressive, you're probably going to get that back from the players as well. Um, so that would be my sort of starting point, if you like. Joy? 
some good points by Jack there. And I would, we're lucky enough to watch Pete Sturgis a couple of times. And I heard him say once, like, every session, he's the first person to go towards the players and smile rather than him waiting them, waiting there, making them come to him. So he's always that positive, positive fella, positive lad that goes towards the, the players. Now, I thought that was quite good. So how I took that away from myself was every time I'm on a session, I like to go towards the players and I always like to have a smile on my face. So that's the first thing they see as soon as they come through the doors, as they get through the gate, they see the coach and they see the coach smiling. And that just hopefully sets the tone for the session and the sessions to come that this is a positive place, this. The coach wants to be, yeah, he's smiling. He's not stood there with his hood up and his hands in his pockets. He wants to be, yeah, he's enthusiastic. He, he wants to be involved. He wants to coach the players. And hopefully the parents see that as well when it's when we're coaching junior players. Uh, and they, they feel a part of it and they feel welcome. And, and that hopefully starts the positivity off. Um, someone once told me, coaching's acting. So sometimes the way you go on in the football pitch with the six-year-olds isn't the way you go on in the pub. So it's how you can connect with the players at the different age groups to have that positive frame of mind and, and, and go again and, and make them want to come back and make them love the time with you. Uh, so hopefully that answers your question. I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, Joy, that's good because that sort of connects with with the next question that I've got. I've got down here, where which is uh, your thoughts around connecting with your players. So the pros around this and how does this how that connection actually supports the players' learning and development. So if you, if you can if you want to just expand on that first, Joy, just a little bit more around what you've just discussed because I think that was great. Connection with the players is absolutely vital for for them to develop and for you to develop as the coach to know them. Now, you, you, we've all heard the, the phrase before, to know John, you've got to... Sorry, to coach John, you've got to know John. Uh, and it's exactly the same as in, in real life terms where you've got to know your players. So we're at the foundation, at the Crammy United, we've even done sometimes and at the academy, we've got the ILPs. So it's that individual learning plan for each player. So what's the strong foot? What's the three areas of development? What's what, what they're good at? Because they've got to keep working on that. Um, we've also got like when their birthday is. So I've seen seen sessions before where the player turns up and it's like, oh, it's my birthday and tells the coach. Like for me, I would hate that. I, I always want to know, oh, it's your birthday. Happy birthday, get in. And he looks at his going, oh, how do you know? I, I take pride in that. I take pride in knowing my players. Um, so that connection to make them feel welcome, to make them know that you want to coach them is, is huge for their development in, in the session itself. Jack? Yeah, I think Joey's spot on with that, really. like Just understanding your players is so important. Um, and it just sort, sort of add on to it is like, We've we've got to know that the people that we're working with, and especially the young people we're working with when we're when we're coaching juniors, because if we know what sort of makes them tick as people, um, or as children, like it only makes our job easier. So if I'm turning up to coach a, a group of children, and I know nothing about any of them, that makes my job really hard because I don't know what makes little John tick. I don't know what makes little Susie happy when she's at, when she's at football. So. I've got to I've got to understand them as young people, um, 
And that'll only make my job easier because then I know, right, I can approach this player in a certain way or I know I can demand a little bit more of that player because they can handle that. So if I understand them as people and players, it only makes my job easier. And I think just around that connection, like it's important to remember, especially when working with younger players, is that hour or two hours that you get them could be the best part of their week. So if we if we really understand them as young people and we know that they're absolutely buzzing to come through the door and play anyways, and then we're already connecting with them and they, they think, wow, my coach really knows me today. Like that could just be such a good experience for them, as opposed to them turning up and the coach only really coaching the session and not actually the player. If that makes sense. Yeah. Sorry, guy. It could just be as simple as noticing the players had a haircut and go, ah, oh, he had your haircut. Yeah. And that starts the conversation off. It could be simply knowing what football team to support. And then it's that conversation at the right time. It might be as the first coming, it might be when they're having a water break. It might even be during the session itself. But them little words, them little, them little conversations you have that make little Johnny go, yeah, he, he cares about me here. And and that, that careness comes out. Yeah, and, and again, going back to that word positivity, I think that connection with the players just create, creates that positivity between the coaches and, and, and the group, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Jack, any... So, you know, you're you're working with your adults as well as the as the younger age groups. Um, that connection, how does does it differ in any way from working with the adults to working with the younger players? Would you say? Uh, I suppose it's just the it's just the the way you approach it, but the principles are the same for me. Like you've got to know them as people. So whether I'm working with a six year old or whether I'm working with a a 26 year old I've got to understand them as a person so I've got to understand that actually maybe they've got a really stressful job and when they're coming to training they might have had a really tough day at work so it's actually how do I now approach that player well I know on a Saturday like they might be having some some troubles away with the missus or whatever it is like so how do I approach that player because whether it's whether it's playing 11 v 11 adult football where the focus is more towards winning and, and performance on a Saturday to get a result we're still working with people. They're not just they're not just like these robot footballers. We're still working with human beings. So just understanding them as people is so important. Now, the way we connect with them might be slightly different. So it might just be like a, a quiet conversation in the pub after a game with a player, as opposed to like Joey said, when the play, when the young player comes straight into the to the session, it's like telling a joke or noticing something about them to just sort of break that that barrier down that we can have sometimes. Um but I don't, I don't think the principles of the connecting with the people changes. Yeah. And your role at the academy, Joey, you know, is is that the same? Although you're working with elite players, there's still people. That's it. Absolutely. The, the, the people before the players aren't there, and it's it's what they remember and how can we have that influence with every single player to make them better people through the power of football. Um, so that positivity, especially at the academy, I, I hope everyone that gets to see me coach or see me coach or has been a player in one of my sessions, the first thing they notice about about my positivity is my energy. So I hope they realise or, or they the take away the enthusiasm I've got to be there, 
to want to coach every single player. And I hope that's the first thing they take away. Go, oh wow, he he wants to be. Yeah, he's he's positive. He's he's engaging. He's enthusiastic. Uh, and that that's through my body language. That's through the the different ways of talking and communicating to every single player. It's uh, having the sessions planned out properly to 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 meet the players' needs, uh, whilst demanding the best. But but comes back to noticing, connecting. And having your handshakes, having your fist bumps, having separate ones for each player, that positivity hopefully comes through within. Yeah, great stuff. Uh, thinking about the FA4 corner model and that psychological corner, um, we should be reinforcing our positive traits throughout our practical delivery. Um, how do you go about that then? So we've spoke about it, how are we putting that positivity, uh, that positive coaching within our practical delivery, Jack? That's like a million dollar question, that isn't it? <laughs> um, I think first of all, like the psychological corner is 100% the most difficult corner that we that we sort of touch on and try to coach within the players, um, simply because Every play, every player, every human is so different. So we're almost trying to like tap into psychological traits with players that are different in every young person or different within every player, as opposed to like the technical side of the game where, you know, like some techniques don't change. So it, it's it's a lot more difficult to coach. Um, in terms of the positivity stuff, I think it's it's around managing mistakes with players first of all. So. Especially when working well, when working with any player, like players are going to make mistakes in training sessions and games, and that's when you'll get that that negative negativity coming back from the players, especially ones who maybe don't control their emotions as well. So I think first of all, like managing mistakes is really important, and encouraging mistakes as as a part of their learning. Um, so if I'm coaching a session and and Joey makes a mistake as a player. And he gets really frustrated. Well, actually, I need to I need to support him with that because it's not just it's not just a technical error. It's there's something maybe's gone on during the day, or there's something maybe that Joey can't handle within his emotions that I need to support him with. So that comes again from my body language, my voice tone, the way I approach him as a young player to say, actually, it's okay if he made a mistake. How can we put this right? Or how can we how can we learn from this as opposed to saying. Joey's made a mistake, and then if I jump on it in a negative way, the the psychological side of Joey's game is just going to collapse straight away because he can't handle it. So he definitely can't handle somebody else not being able to handle his mistake. I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, yeah. Any anything to add on that, Joey? I um, the, we we did a session um last week, and it it, it was. Uh, it was 12s, sorry, no, it was 11s, 12s and 13s. They were, no, they were all mixed and we were just doing condition games. Now, what we found out was that the older players were starting to react in a, a, maybe in a, a different type of way to than they normally would because they were older players. So psychologically, they found that that challenge of being the leader, being being the ones that were making the mistake when they maybe shouldn't have been because it was a bit easier for them and how they were reacting from it. So we just talked a bit about that resilience. So it was the, when you do make mistake, it's fine. 
what what needs to happen is is important. So how can you react in the right way? Again, managing it differently for trying different different players. So we've got this. We've got, for example, a captain type player making the mistakes. Who's nice and loud. He's vocal. Naturally, the way he was reacting was was a bit like, "Whoa, what what, what are you doing? What are you doing?" So we we had to pull him. But what we did do when he did start making the positive reinforcement towards the players after making a mistake or after someone else making a mistake, we bounced on it. It was like, yes, little Johnny, absolutely excellent. We love the way you've just managed that. So it was managing them that way. Um, in school sessions, exactly the same, I find. So because in school sessions, we've got lots of different personalities and different characters, you'll find, you've got to find different ways of managing them because they're all different mentally and psychologically. Uh, and you'll tend to find the less resilient. So when they do make a mistake, it's how can we come across to to know, but to let them know it's fine. How can we let them know making mistakes is fine? How you manage it's important uh, and going from that. Do you think it's something that, you know, we'll put together these fantastic session plans, you know, when we're out there as coaches, is this something that we need to be emphasising on my practice design, do you think, Jack? Yeah, I was just just about to add in there. I think if we're if we're going to really impact players, it's something that we have to be really wary of. Um, so when it comes to session planning and session design, there's no point in putting sessions on a bit of paper if you don't know the players that you're working with. Um, so I think probably a, an example that me and Joey have had in the past is we used to coach on a Friday night together. We used to coach a, a group together. Um, and we would always plan for for certain players around their learning objectives. Uh, and one was one that came up quite often was we had a really talented player who he would look a million dollars when he was when he was playing. But if it got really tough, sometimes he would go and hide. So what we would decide to do was in small sided games we would underload him, or we'd play him like one v two quite often. So he was getting stressed out quite a lot. But then we had to make sure as coaches where. It might have been that I was managing the group. And then while this young player was sort of being challenged in that 1v2 and potentially getting quite frustrated, Joey would be there to just just have a word in the ear or just just challenge him or just question him and just to sort of keep him on task. And that was all aimed around sort of developing his resilience and his managing emotions. Um, but if we didn't know that about the player, we could have never planned for that. Um, and like, I suppose you can flip that as well. So if we know a player's really, really good at managing emotions and really good at dealing with pressure, sometimes you might have actually put them on a team together and said, oh, you're, you're the captain today. You've got to manage all your players and you've got to be a real leader. But we couldn't have done that without knowing the players. And that allowed us to create that, that environment in the right way and sort of, sort of still being positive, but really challenging and stretching the players in, in a different kind of way, especially around that psychological corner. Joey, any good examples of your own positive reinforcement with your work within schools or at the, at the academy? Uh, yeah, so it, it could it could be as simple as little Johnny's just done this really well. We'll stop the whole session and go, can you show everyone? So that makes that player make, feel $100, but also it, it, it makes them realise, well, actually, something I've just done there is excellent. I'm going to keep trying it. I'm going to do it again. And I might then try it in a game. And when I do it in a game, it's that positive positive, positive enf- encouragement to, to do it again. 
So I, w- I was working one-on-one with this player. He was our striker at the time. And he what he does is he drops in quite a lot, but then turns straight into danger. So it was pulling him out one, one-on-one. It was getting some analysis clips. Well, actually, what else could you have done yeah? So we were playing a game. I think it was against Man City or everyone we played of. It's came into him. He set it back first time. It's then went out wide. He's then got on the box and he scored from it. So it's that Harika moment. We're absolutely buzzing from the sideline. Buzzing when I got in, when we could get him at the side. Like, absolutely class. That, that's what it's about. So that there was that. So it's taking it from the training, the reflection, yeah. and back into the game again. So hopefully, hopefully he remembers that moment and he's going to go, well, actually, I've checked my shoulder. I can't turn. I'm going to bounce it and get behind. And, and I think some, that, that, that's, a, that's a great uh, example, Joey, of, of us as coaches doing what we should be doing, as in supporting the players in a positive manner, isn't it? And then seeing, you know, seeing that young player flourish and, and, and get some reward from the support and help that you've, you've given out uh, really supports that positivity within what, what, what you're doing there. Jack, going to a senior going to your senior team and I know you're having a good season and, and you know when you're when you're coaching a team or managing a team and obviously uh results and the way we're performing matter um it's a little bit easier because you know the players are positive they're getting the right results all the time but how have you how have you sort of managed that this season um to keep that run sort of the, the way that you're playing going, um, you know, within that group of players? Uh, f- first of all, I think our our job as, as coaches at Cramlinton is is a lot easier because we have the right type of people in the dressing room. So when we talk about positivity and, and sort of maintaining a good run at, at Cramlinton, like, we have a lot of good people in the dressing room who are good leaders. So it doesn't always have to come from the coaches around driving those standards and, and sort of to, so because we're on such a good run at the moment, it's, it's sometimes easy to take your foot off the gas, I think. And it's something that happens in football, isn't it? That word complacency, where you, you're on a good run, you're winning games. So sometimes players just turn up and think they can just turn up and win a game. Um, we've had a couple of, a, a couple of occasions this season where that's happened and, I think sometimes it came from us as coaches just sort of reinforcing the standards that we have around moving the ball quickly, working hard, uh, winning your 1v1 battles. Like, they're non-negotiables for us. But I think when, you know, you've got a good environment and a, and a really positive environment when that comes from the players as well. <coughs> so we've came, we've came in at half-time once and we haven't had to say a word because the players have just drove it in the bad conversations and, They've went out and reinforced those standards, if you like. And that's obviously shown in your performances week in, week out. Yeah, we're not doing too bad. I think it would be important to try and pick up again after a break, but we'll, uh, yeah. I'm sure we'll have the similar sort of conversations on Saturday. Mm. Um, so do you both believe that having that positive reinforcement inspires what players more, builds confidence and supports player education. Go on, Joy. Absolutely. 
absolutely. It, it's it's a no-brainer, really. If it's a positive experience, it's going to make players flourish. It's going to make people flourish, and it's going to make them want to come back and keep learning. Um, Jack, do you want to add anything onto that? Uh, no, that's pretty much spot on. Like you said, it's <laughs> the the environment you create is is paramount to the players, isn't it? And if it, it would be the same if you were a teacher in a classroom, if if the kids were walking into your classroom and they didn't want to be there because they didn't enjoy the types of set lessons you were putting on or the the way that you taught, they wouldn't learn. So as coaches, especially when it's when it's a topic such as football that they want to be there, you can really just harness on that and, and push them towards that. And if we're really positive and we create that environment, like it's so much easier for the players to learn, but for us to coach. Mm. I, I was on a course once and the, 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 the tutor asked, think of your best teacher. So everyone thought of the best teacher and it wasn't actually the teacher that was the best at teaching. It was the one that made the, the, the student feel the most positive and the most best about them, the most the, the session they enjoyed the most. So I think if you pin that back to football, I remember my junior coach like and how positive he made it. Yeah, it wasn't. We might not have won every game, but actually every session was it was good fun. He made a really positive, positive atmosphere and environment that made me want to keep coming back and playing football. And I think that's what underpins it. Hopefully, in mm. twenty years' time, the players I coach now remember remember me. And if mm. that's happened, I've won. Yeah. So lads, just reflecting then on what we've discussed today, what would be the key messages? to go away from this podcast around positivity within our coaching? Um, I'll go first, that's all right, Joe. I think the, the two things for me around the positivity would be it's it's easy to get bogged down in football, I think, sometimes because we all want, we all want to win games of football. But I think we have to remember, especially when working with young players, is they're on, they're on a journey. So like, if they were the finished article we wouldn't need to be there as coaches. So if we can accept that they're going to make mistakes and we can stay positive and, and support them through that, that's going to make you a much better coach and it's going to make the environment a lot more positive and much better to be around. And then I suppose the second one is our behaviours as coaches will always reflect upon the players. So I remember having a conversation with a coach a, a few weeks ago about my body language on the sideline especially working with younger players. So I'm really conscious around, I want to, whether there's a mistake made or we concede a goal, I want my body language to reflect onto the players. So if they look at me after conceding and I'm okay with it, because I know that mistakes are part of the process and yes, we're going to challenge them to not make that mistake or to find a way to learn from that. As long as I'm not getting really agitated and throwing my hands up in the air or whatever it is, the players will stay relaxed and continue to try and play. So I think it's important to remember our body language, our voice tone, reflects onto the players that we work with. Joy, you've answered that quite well. To be fair, Jack, I'll add a tiny bit in. I think for me, it starts with the simple getting to know your players, but you hear that quite a lot, and it's like, well, what does that actually mean? It, it, it's, it is what it says. It is get to know when the birthday is. Know, know stuff about them that you can connect and link with. Um, my next one would be smile. Like that's the first thing they'll see. Make sure you're smiling. Make sure you're happy to be there. Make sure that positivity comes out of you from the first minute. 
or the first second. Uh, it, and I, I think it's just remember we've got the best job in the world. We've got the we've got the the chance to change so many lives for the better. So let's 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 use that chance and use that ability to do positive things with it. Um, aye. Brilliant. Jack, Joey, really appreciate you giving up your time today. Um, really insightful, um, sharing your passion, your enthusiasm as coaches for the game. Um, and we'll speak to you soon. Thanks very much. Cheers, Gary. Cheers, Gary. Thank you, mate.